Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. about a, uh, an emperor by the name of Frederick. He was a, an emperor in the Roman Empire. And he decided that, that there was a natural language that if, that, that if we left children alone, that they would speak their own language. It would be a natural language. language. It would not be Spanish or English or, or whatever they spoke in the Roman Empire that day, Greek or whatever it was. That it would definitely, they would have their own language. So he instructed these nurses to take these newborn babies when they were born isolate them and these nurses were to never say a word in their presence not say anything be total silent do not communicate to them at all let them learn their own language the end result of that experiment was that all the babies died because of no communication and let me just tell you something and when there is no communication in your home guess what your relationships are going to die amen when there's, no, when there's no communication it's, it, with your teacher, communication is going to die. That's a good to say. School is about to start back. Amen? When there's no communication with your spouse, your relationship is going to die. When there's no communication with your parents, your relationship is going to die. And when there's no communication between your, with your children, that relationship is going to die. We have to communicate, everybody. Amen? Amen? Amen. The same thing. I hope you always remember that experiment I just talked to you about. Because you're going to kill it. You're going to kill it. If you do not, you say, well, they haven't talked to me. Well, it doesn't matter. You talk to them. Amen? Amen. We'll get into that a little bit more. So today I want to talk to you about how uh, every family goes through it. And what I want to say is this, is that uh, there's one word that I want to share with you today. One word only. I hope that you'll remember the rest of your life when it comes to communicating. And that word is peace. Matter of fact, and would you just do it with me? Come on, let's say it. You ready? Peace. Come on, let's do it. You ready? Come on. Peace. One more time. Peace. That's right. Some of you, some of you are a little, uh, little older than me, and this is going back to some roots, isn't it? <laughs> I can see it, yeah. I did a little research on that. That Actually, that started in the 1950s uh, and, of course, went through the Vietnam era, and it was peace, peace, but it never has gone away. And so today when I say that word peace, we're going to do the peace sign, all right? Because sometimes you're going to need to give your family a sign that with two fingers. You, you're tracking with me now, aren't you? Because there's some of you that's wanted to give them a sign with just one. Some of you went, some of you went beyond wanting to. <laughs> And so we're going to do it. So we're going to talk about how to communicate peacefully today. And what I like to do is I like to take the word peace and I like to break it down every letter. And I want to give you something that I really believe today that's going to be practical and going to be powerful. But you've got to hold on with me to the end, all right? You've got to hold on with me to the end. So the letter P I'd like to share with you is the first letter of the, uh, of the word peace. And I would like for you to know that that stands for, when we're talking about how to communicate peacefully, the letter P stands for pray first. Pray first. Amen. 
If you're going to communicate, I would challenge you to pray first. Now, look what the Scripture warns, all right, because this is going to fit a lot of us. I love the Bible. I love the Bible. I love the Bible because it is truth. It doesn't, it doesn't sugarcoat it. Look what it says. In uh, James 1, it says this, or James 4 and 1 and 2. He says, why do you fight and argue with each other? Isn't it because you are full of selfish desires? Why don't you circle that? In other words, I'm selfish, and you are too. Amen? Amen. He goes on to say that. Selfish desires that fight to control your body. You want something, and you don't have it. And you will do anything to get it, even if it means a silent treatment. All right? You will, you will even kill but you still cannot get what you want, and you won't get it by fighting and what, everybody? Arguing. So here's a solution right here. Here we go. These last five words, let's read them. You ready? Come on. You should pray for it. There you go. You should pray for it. It is amazing how that we have to remember as Christ followers, we live our lives vertically, not just horizontally. Amen. When you pray about something or you're praying about someone, I would challenge you. When you, I would challenge you to do that. Whatever struggle that you're having with someone, I would challenge you to say it to God before you say it to a person. Amen? Right. See, when you, when you pray about it, when you, when you pray and say, God, this is what I'm going to say to them, and when you say it that way to God, it's amazing how it will change the way you say it to people. I cannot overstate that. I'm on that soapbox, and if you can get that, listen, if you can change, if you will say it to God first, it changes the way that you will say it to people, and it changes, it changes your relationships. Everybody needs a God filter, amen? And so when you vent vertically, it really helps. It helps that. And then let me just say something. It's really hard to be, it's hard to, to be a hater, what I would say, uh, in the presence of God. It's hard to hate on people in the presence of God. And you can say, God, I, I can't stand them. I don't like them. And it's amazing once you keep talking to God like that, how he changes your heart. That's why Jesus said, pray for your enemies. You see, when you first start praying, it doesn't do anything about it. But about a year after praying for them, all of a sudden something starts changing inside of you. Now, I want to tell you this, that um, I believe um, that I was talking to a young couple uh, last week. Rhonda and I went to lunch with them. And they were asking me the questions that a lot of young couples ask me at this season in our lives, Rhonda and I's lives. They ask us, you know, okay, your anniversary was last week. We was married 34 years and we celebrated that. But they said, how did you do that? Tell me your secrets. What's happened? And I, of course, shared with them there's a lot of ups and downs. Everything's not as pretty as it looks on Sundays. I remember one time I was preaching, and, and this uh, lady, I think she told Rhonda, she said, you know, wow, wow, I, need, I just wish I had someone like Jeff. She's, I think Rhonda said, I wish you had him sometimes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So I just want to tell you that, so just understand, every, we have our ups and downs too. I, just don't want, I don't want you to ever think that what you see on Sunday is all the ways the way it is, okay, because we're human too, all right? So... But I can tell you this, there's three things that basically I told them, Rhonda and I, we told them that, you know, number one, our relationship with God has really got us through. I mean, having a relationship with God because when we didn't like each other, we still loved God and God, you know, because we live by his word, we couldn't just do what we wanted to do toward each other, like kill each other. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Thou shalt not kill. 
That needs to be number one in marriage, right? And, and, but then all of a sudden we said, okay, financial peace. When we got our finances in order, got on the same page with our money, then our marriage got better. And then the other thing that we would said to them is this, that we started several years ago, was that we pray together. Now, I, when I say that to you, like, well, you're a pastor, you're supposed to pray with, well, it's still weird, okay, with your spouse, all right? So what I had to figure this out to get over the weird factor, matter of fact, you've heard me say this probably many times before, when I asked Rhonda, I said, do you mind if I pray over you? You said, Jeff, I'll tell you, I don't mind you praying, but don't pray 30 minutes. Right. That's what she said. And so every night for, for I don't know how many years now, but every night before we go to sleep, the last thing we do is, is that we will, uh, you know, take each other's hand right there, you know, right, we're laying in the bed, right there, take each other's hand and say, so, you know, what? we'll pray a little prayer. And the, the prayer sounds like this, God, thank you so much, Rhonda. She's a, she's a wonderful wife. She's a great mother. And God, thank you that you blessed my life with her. And then she will say, oh, dear God. Thank you that you give me Jeff. He's so good. He's so fine. Just stop praying. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, just shut up. Okay. But when I, I'm serious. <laughs> It's hard to get serious after saying that. But what I want you to know is that, listen, what we've understand, this is preventive maintenance. Amen. You know what we noticed is our discussions went down when our prayers started going up. And if you want something that will benefit your marriage, suck it up, men. Suck it up, ladies. I don't care how embarrassed you are. Before you go to sleep at night, grab that spouse's hand and pray over them and let them know, listen, the reason I know I'm a good man is because Rhonda tells me every night before God, God, he's a good man. I got something to live up to. Amen. I can't be bad. She tells me how good I am. What, what would change What would change in your home if, if you grabbed your children by the hands of God instead of saying, God, this devil child you gave me? Wow. Wow. But what would change if you just said, God, God, I, I know there's a, there's a blessing. They're, they're, they're a man and woman of God. And they, they may not know it yet, but your hands on them, God. There's somebody in you. Yeah. Why, why don't you pray those kind of prayers over them? Amen. And it's amazing once you begin to do that, how it changes everything. It's a game changer. Pray first. If you're going to communicate, pray first. And I better keep moving because we got a lot of letters to go. <laughs> so on your outline, on your outline, or on your connection card, I should say, there's a next step. I hope you'll check your box. Everybody, please fill this card out and put it in the bucket on the way out so we can pray over you. So I'll do my best to pray, to have prayer in my home daily. Check that box. And by the way, we're starting 21 days of prayer, not this Monday, but next Monday at 6 a.m. I double dog dare you to come out one time. 6 a.m. Meet me here. You'll see how good I look at six. <laughs> the second thing I would tell you are actually the letter E and, and peace. We have talking about how to communicate peacefully. Letter E is examine your anger. Examine your anger. Oh, boy, this is good. Ephesians 4 and 26 says this. Do not, don't let, don't sin by letting anger what, everybody? Don't you know some people that are angry all the time? Here we go. 
Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry, for anger gives a foothold to who, everybody? You know what he's saying? When your anger goes up, your IQ comes down. Woo! Amen? You do some stupid things when you get mad, don't you? And me too. I've done it. Stupid things when I got mad. And so we have to understand is that the question that I want to ask you and the question I have to ask myself is when, I, when I'm angry, when, I, when you know, when, I, when the term that my parents would use is that boy is ill, you know, ill, you know, something wrong, what, what's moody, whatever you want, whatever term you want, you, you're going to ask yourself this question, what's behind my anger? Why am I mad? Why? If you ask yourself, why am I so upset? Well, what they did, well, what they did that bad? This got to wreck your whole day? I mean, like, there's nothing that you, you being mad at everybody else doesn't change what happened, amen? So we have to learn to say, why am I angry? And let me tell you something. Anger is a second emotion. It's not the first one. There's something behind your anger. And usually there is either a hurt, a fear, or a frustration. One of those three things is going on in your life. So when you stop saying, when you will stop long enough and ask yourself, why am I mad and why am I irritable and why am I trying to wreck everybody else's day and why the person that's driving on the road that I don't even know making me angry because, you know, I got ticked off this morning because I got up a little bit late, amen? And now I'm rushing and he's slow and I want to speed up. No, I'm going to speed him out. Uh, speed him out. Spin him out. That's when you're running fast and spinning too. <laughs> but what I'm trying to say is that you have to ask, what's going on behind that anger? There's either a hurt, a fear, or frustration usually is going on. And when I can ask myself, okay, Jeff, what's going on? When I can talk to myself and say, why are you upset? Then all of a sudden I can figure it out. And if I can get to the root, then I can deal with it. But if not, I'm going to wreck everybody else's right. day. And so will you. Amen. Amen. So please ask yourself that question. Remember our word that we said we're going to say, what is it? Ready? Peace. Let's do it again. Ready? Come on. Peace. That's right. So in your family, if somebody holds up these two families, you know, uh, two fingers. Man, I'm having a difficult time today. <laughs> Hold up these two fingers. You know, this means peace. We want to peace out. The letter A. So we've got P is pray first. The letter E is examine your anger. The, uh, the letter A is act slowly. Act slowly. That's good. Oh, this is, this is getting better. You see, the, what gets us in trouble more than anything else is we act too quickly. We overreact, right? right. right. And here's the question. Before you act, you should always ask this question. Is that what's going to be accomplished if I do this and who's going to be wounded? Because some of us, if we do what we say, you know, well, I'm going to tell them. I, I'm going to tell them something. That's what I'm going to do. Then all of a sudden, we've done something stupid. Right. We've said something that we can't take back. Right. Now, I, want to, I have this uh, hammer up here and this piece of wood. And I actually have a, a nail here as well. When we get our hammer nail out, this is what we know how to do. When we get mad, we get the hammer nail, right? right. I'm going to tell somebody. No, tell me. Here, I'm going to hit you too. That's the way we feel, isn't it? We get mad about it. And when we say things that are just out of order, we get mad and we say, well, I'll tell you what, I don't love you anymore. I don't like you and you're stupid and you're dumb and whatever. And I almost hit my own. <laughs> that man saved. He didn't cuss. He didn't cuss. No, he didn't. 
He's Christian cussing right now. I said, Dad, blame it. I hit my finger. I'm sorry, people. I'm sorry. So you drove it in there. There's a nail. It's in there. You but you know what? You cooled off and you realized what an idiot you've been because you said something stupid. But they're walking around with the nail because you nailed their high to the wall. You did it. You told them. You told them off. And now you got to go home and sleep with them. And you wonder why they don't want to be with you. You wonder why they want to move into the next room because they got this right here in here. You wonder why your kids don't even want to come close to you because they're walking around like this. Everybody at your work is running from you. Why? Because they're walking around like this. You've been throwing darts. But, oh, you feel bad, don't you? You feel bad. Oh, no, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. I, I shouldn't have done that. And so you just take this and you just pull this nail right out. And look, look, I told you I was sorry. Why, why, why are we all right? Why are we all right? I told you I was sorry. Here's why. Because right here, the wound is still there. Amen? The wound is still here. Even though you pulled the nail out and you said, I'm sorry, and some of you sitting in this room right now, somebody said something to you a long time ago, did something to you, and you're walking around right here, right now, with a wound right now, and you need to let God heal the wound and let go of the hurt. Amen? Amen. Amen. Walking around with a wound. And so what I'm trying to tell you is that when your I'm sorry is over and you feel like you feel better, they still don't feel so good. Right. Amen? You've got to let the wound heal. Proverbs 13 and 16 says this. It says this, sensible people always, would you read these next th uh, three words, ready? Think before they act. Okay, that's smart people right there. But what kind of people? Stupid. <laughs> You're waiting to say that one. Come on, let's say, let's say stupid. You ready? Come on. Stupid. Stupid people. But stupid people advertise their ignorance. I tell you what. Our world will get better if we could amputate some thumbs because people show their ignorance on social media all the time, don't they? Amen. Got those little thumbs typing everything. Let me tell you something. If you got a vent, why don't you talk to somebody instead of typing it out? Amen? You know what? Because everything that I need to talk out with people and I want to need to vent about, I don't need the world to hear. Man, it's better for me to look stupid in front of somebody than in front of everybody. Amen? Because I, I mean, I, I, I know I say some stupid things. Thank God for Rhonda. Thank God because she hears the stupid. I say, let me tell you, so this is the way I feel about this, the way I feel about that. Thank God she listens. And then she said, Jeff, I'm glad you shared that with me. I don't think I'd share that with nobody else. Our staff around here, I, boy, I, sometimes I said, let me tell you what I think about this. Blah, 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 blah. And they go, oh, Pastor, that's, whew, that's, that's pretty good but, um, and pretty tough, but I don't think I'd share that with anybody else. I don't think you want to share that on Sunday. You definitely do not want to put that on your social media. See, look at that. Instead of vent vertically, amen? Vent to God and quit venting, trying to vent to the world. Because all those things that you vent about, usually you want to take it back. But the damage is already done. Amen, Amen everybody. Okay. What's our word, everybody? Peace. Come on. What's our word, everybody? 
Peace. What's that word, everybody? Peace. You're going to go around your home doing that. What's that word, everybody? Peace. What's that word, everybody? Peace. That's right. Go through work. What's that word, everybody? Peace. Okay, there we go. All right, we said the letter P is pray first. The letter E is examine our anger. And then the letter A is act slowly. My goodness, what's the letter C going to be? Here it is. Consider their condition. Consider their condition. Look what the Bible says. Philippians 2 and 4 and 5. He says, don't look out. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in who? Others. Others. Take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. When someone's attacking you verbally, we really have to think about Jesus. Because if we don't, we're going to think about ourselves and we're going to think about how to get them back. Right. Oh, oh, take your little halos off. Come on, That's on. right. I know you, you look at it. If I, you know, if somebody comes on strong to you, you're not going to go, oh, bless them, Jesus, oh, Jesus. That's not natural, is it? Amen. It's not natural. Amen. You're going to want to get back. And those of you, those of you that are, you know, that are, that are uh, not as aggressive, not type A, you know, you're more laid back. Right. You're not fooling me. Right. See, where my personality is going to say something immediately. Right. Some of you ain't going to say anything immediately, but you're going to wish their children fail on softball <laughs> and all that stuff. You're going to wish bad things on them. Don't, I know it. You're going to say, well, I hope they have flat tires leaving the church. Okay. Oh, Yes. So the problem is this. What I want to say is this. The problem we must understand is that people that are, that are coming on strong at us, that we got to consider their condition. What's going on in their life? Remember I said with anger, it's a second emotion, that there's usually a fear of frustration or hurt. And that's happening in their life. So we have to ask the question. The greatest question that you could ask someone that, that's coming on strong like that is having one of those days. It's like, are you okay? Hey, what's going on? Are you okay? Because this is not like you. Are, are you okay? Right. I, um, I never forget the guy told me a, a long time ago that they had their family dog, Skippy. How Skippy was their, you know, it's a wonderful family pet. And one day they was out in the yard and they was all playing and Skippy was running around. But for whatever reason, Skippy ran into the road and got hit by a car. He said, there his children were. Everybody saw that, you know. So he just, being dad, ran out there to the road himself. And, and he just, you know, was trying to, to help Skippy. And he grabbed Skippy and he, and he picked him up. And he said, you know, I, I could just feel it, that he was uh, just hurting. So I, I was just trying to caress him to me just a little bit to let him know that I got him. And I'm going to try to take care of him. He said, when I caressed him, all of a sudden Skippy turned around and bit me in the nose. So he bit half my nose off. Now, why did Skippy bite him? Because hurting people hurt people. See, Skippy was wounded, and, and he was wounded, and just that gentle caress. He was trying to do something nice, and he was just trying to give a gentle caress to say, I got you. It's going to be okay. I'm going to get you to the vet. And that gentle caress hurt him because he was hurting. And some of you have tried to do that in your families. You've tried to, you've tried to gently caress some people. You've tried to love on them. And even your actions of trying to love on them was rejected. And they bit your, they bit your head off. Amen? 
They, they, they were bitter and they were mad. Why? Because hurting people hurt people. But let me give you some good news. I want you to know that, that healing people help people. Amen? And everybody in this room, we're all in the process of healing because we all got wounds and we all got hurt. But instead of us saying that I'm going to stay in my hurt and I'm going to stay mad and I'm going to be mad at the world, no. I realize that Jesus is healing me. And so, therefore, I'm going to help people. I'm going to do my best to serve people. Amen? That's what healing people help people. Help it when you when you're healing, you're helping, amen. And helping is healing, amen. amen. You see, you will never get better in your own world. You gotta say, I'm gonna use what I got to help somebody else. And when you do, when you help someone else heal, you get healed all over again yourself. Amen. amen. The greatest thing you can do is help someone. You see, that's why, that's why, that's why, that's, I want healing for every one of you. Yes. That's why I say every week, growth track. Wow. Every week, as a matter of fact, you can go today, it starts over today. Growth track, why? Because that's where you learn your gifts and talents, and that's where you learn how you can heal people. You can help people and help heal them, and as you help healing them, you can get better yourself. Yes. Selfish people never get better. But when you say, God, use me, I want to use, be used to help other people. Yes. And it's amazing how he heals your hearts. Amen, everybody? Amen. 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 So I want you to sign up. If you haven't signed up on the back of your card, you can sign up or just show up today at the 11 o'clock service. Go down to our, our West Auditorium, down close to our kids' area, and just go in there at 11 o'clock. We want you to be a part of Growth Track. Remember our word, everybody? What is it? Peace. Peace. What is it, everybody? Peace. What is our word? Peace, that's right. What's the word at your house? Peace, right? That's right. What's the word at school? Peace. What's the word at work? Peace, that's right. You're going to teach the word to everybody. You need my word. Peace, brother. That's right. And if it gets too bad, it's peace out. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right, so we say we're going to pray first. We're going to examine our anger. We're going to act slowly. We're going to consider their condition and let her ease. We're going to go the extra mile. That's how we communicate peacefully. Listen to what Jesus said. Jesus said this in Matthew 5 and 41. If someone forces you to go one mile, would you read the rest of this with me? Go with him two miles. Go with him two miles. This, I, I've learned this, you know, I... I've run a couple half marathons, and, and I can tell you what I've learned about running is this, is that it doesn't matter how much you've run, how many times you've run, every time that you start to go for a run in the first mile, you feel like not running. Every time, I mean, every time you, you start, as soon as you start, you say, man, my legs are tired today. I just don't feel it today. You start, you start thinking that way in your head. You start, I'm telling you, the first, before you even get the first mile, it's all about, oh, I can't do this today. I just need to stop today. I'll just do it tomorrow. All of that starts going through your mind. But what I can tell you I've learned is this, if I can tough it through the first mile, and I can, you know, as long as my brain's screaming, you know, you don't want to do this, and I say, no, I'm going to do it. And you keep pressing on. When you get through that first mile, it is still struggle, but when you get into the second mile, and about the time you finish the second mile, something happens. It's a miracle. All of a sudden, you, your heart begins to get into a good rhythm. 
All of a sudden, your breathing's into a good rhythm. Your arms and your legs, they're just flowing at a good rhythm. And you find yourself at a pace. And after you make it that second mile, you're, you're in rhythm and everything's in rhythm and you can go. The miracle happens in the second mile. What I want to tell you is that the miracle of love happens in the second mile. See, biblical love is this. Is, is, biblical love is doing good for people when they deserve it the least. Amen? Right. Giving, showing, them, showing them kindness when they deserve it the least. That's what biblical love is. When they don't deserve it, that's when your love comes in, right? right. I mean, worldly love is like, you love me, I love you. Oh, yes, we right. do. Yeah. You're a jerk to me, you're out of here. That, that, that's what the world cuts you off. But biblical love goes the second mile. You see, even while you're being a jerk to me, I'm still going to do good for you. I may not like you, but I'm still going to do good for you. It's not how I feel. It's what I do. Did you hear that, everybody? Biblical love is not how I feel. It's not about a feeling. It's about what I'm going to do no matter what you do. No matter what you do to me, I'm still going to love you. I'm going to go the second mile. I'm going to give you what you need when you deserve it the least. Amen. That's what Jesus did for us. It's a second mile. Amen. And what I want to tell you is that SCC, Stockbridge Community Church, we're a second mile kind of church, everybody. We go the second mile, amen? That's why, we, that's why that we're going to have these children here in just a few moments praying them because we're a second mile kind of church. That's why that over 400 children got a backpack this week, this past week. Why? Because we're a second mile kind of church. And that's why over 200 of you showed up to pack those backpacks because we're a second mile kind of church, amen? We we are second mile kind of people. When the world, then when the world is hating on people, we're loving on people. Amen. You say, well, they don't deserve it. No, they don't, and neither do I. But we're a second mile kind of people. We don't stop. We don't quit. We go all the way with God. Amen. We're a second mile kind of church, and we're a second mile kind of family, and we're a second mile kind of brother and sister, and we're a second mile kind of mom and dad, and we're a second mile kind of grandparent. We don't quit. We're second mile kind of people. Amen. Some of you, some of you are waiting. Some of you are waiting for somebody to call you. Stop waiting on them to call you, and you call them. And you're waiting on them to text you. No, you know, you text them. You say, Pastor, I've already done it. Well, do it again, and do it again, and do it again, and do it again. Amen. And next Saturday, you know, like on Saturday the 14th, we're going we're gonna to go the second mile again. We're going to go to this gas station right here, and we're going to buy the gas down 50 cents a gallon, and people are going to line up all through our parking lot. Why? Because we're giving away gas. We're the church that gives you gas. And we're going to wash their windshield while they're in line. And we're going to love on those people. And they, some people are going to be rude. And we're giving them gas. And they're mean. But we're the second mile kind of people. The world didn't give it to me. And the world can't take it away, man. This joy that I feel inside of You can't be mean enough to take it away. Me. No, the Lord giving it to me. Second mile. So sign up. If you haven't signed up, sign up right now on your card. Sign up to come and help me. Don't make me be the only person out here pumping gas. <laughs> sign up. Do something great. That's good. I want to share this last part with you, and we're going to pray. 
that God's a second mile kind of God. He goes a second mile. Some of you in this room, you feel like, well, Pastor, you just don't know what I've done. And you have no idea what's happened to me. How can God love me? I'll tell you why, because he goes a second mile. He goes a second mile. I can see Jesus now. Can't you see him? That when they brought him in, they put him on trial. They slapped him, ridiculed him. And I'm sure at that moment he felt like, no, I can't do this anymore. But he remembered, I'm a second mile kind of God. Amen? When they took him to the whipping post and they beat him until flesh come out of his back. What did he do? He didn't say, I give up. No, I'm a second mile kind of God. And then when they, when they put him on the cross and they nailed him to the cross, they stuck a spear in his side, put a crown of thorn on his head. He didn't stop. He said, Father, you forgive them for they know not what they do. Why? Because I'm a second mile kind of God. Amen. And I want you to know he hasn't left you. He hasn't given up on you. He hasn't quit on you. He's right now looking for you. He's right now talking to you. Why? Because he's a second mile kind of God. Amen. He's a second mile kind of God. Don't you give up on you because God's not giving up on you. Amen. Hallelujah. Psalm 46 and 1 says, God is a refuge and a strength and a very present help in a time of trouble. Amen. Hallelujah. Hebrews. Look what Hebrews 13 says. God has said this, never will I leave you and never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's a second mile kind of God. Come on, stand with me, everybody. Don't you give up on you because God has not given up on you. You say, Pastor, well, I prayed before and I let him down. I've let him down. Don't worry. He keeps on coming back. Amen. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's SCC view.net and click the give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.